Welcome to the PM Power Podcast, where Darren Hunter from Inspired Growth Training interviews some of the world's best property management experts to give you real solutions to the biggest issues property managers struggle with everywhere. For 25 ways to control office interruptions so you can slam through more tasks faster, go to pmpowerkeys.com. Hi everyone, Darren Hunter here. Before we get into the podcast, I just want to do a quick shout out for BMT tax depreciation reports. Now, for my two rental properties, I've had a BMT tax depreciation report done on those. And at tax time, I can get up to $25,000 worth of tax deductions. That's a lot of money. And for your property owners, would you believe a lot of them don't know the savings that they can be getting? And every rental property can still have some type of tax depreciation. So get in contact with the guys at BMT. Talk to them about how you as a property manager and a property management agency can be serving your clients in Australia about getting the maximum tax deductions for their rental properties. Take care. Hi everyone, it is Darren Hunter here from Inspire Growth Training. And with this episode of the PM Power podcast show we have an awesome special wonderful guest melanie dennis all the way from victoria how you doing i'm doing not too bad stuck in melbourne uh, stage four lockdown are you still in stage four still in stage four yeah oh wow i know it's been really difficult um the rest of the country has been behaving themselves but the poor victorians have been put into the naughty corner and, uh, and being put into some serious lockdown um, to a point, Melanie, where you couldn't actually get inspections done. You weren't even allowed to go to properties. You can't even get um, plumbers or gardeners to properties. How long was that for where you just couldn't really operate? I think it ended up being six or eight weeks where we weren't allowed to do any open for inspections. I'll show any you know, potential tenants, buyers, anything through properties. Gardeners got shut down. Um, any maintenance was shut down unless it was urgent, you know, life or property threatening type of situation. Um, we're still not out of that lockdown yet for the urgent maintenance, although some people who work outside have been allowed to go back. But certainly just general maintenance inside where we haven't gone back to yet, which we're, fingers crossed, will on the 19th. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Well, just before we get into this session, and it's a very interesting topic we're going to get into, very specialist too. Just a quick shout out, we've just released a book, uh, PM Power Time Secrets 101. It's really my very best 101 time and stress management tips. In fact, you actually read this some time ago, Mel, and I think you were quite impressed with the, the level and depth of the, of the time management uh, tips in that. Um, and uh, it, it is certainly my very, very best. I promise if you get the book, it's going to change your life. Um, but go to pmpowerkeys.com, pmpowerkeys.com, the book. It's a mini book, um, but it is free. All you have to do is just pay for postage and we'll get it out to you. So go to pmpowerkeys.com. Now, Melanie, let's get into a little bit about you. Um, you're working in Melbourne, Victoria with Domain & Co. And I really like your business model because um, I've got a real... Um, I don't know. I, I really um, uh, like these the buyer adv um, buyers advocacy services out there. So instead of you're being a seller 
um, or help an agent to help a, a person sell a property, you guys are agents to help people buy investment properties, which works so well with the property management um, business. So, you know, well done on that. You guys are very strong in that regard with buyer's advocacy. Um, but also, Melanie Dennis has to be the most awarded property manager um, in Victoria. You've won at least twice the Real Estate Institute of Victoria Property Manager of the Year, but you've also taken out the National Real Estate Institute of Australia Property Manager of the Year Award too. So um, the most prestigious title. So well done, Melanie. So I think we know we've got a, a quality expert on the show today. Um, now, Melanie, um, we're talking about the common issue when we have turnover in a business, um, we've got a portfolio, a, a, a selection of properties, you know, 100, 150 or whatever, um, and the property manager leaves and a new property manager comes in. And in most situations that I'm aware of, um, it's rare that an incoming property manager has a clean portfolio to start operating. There's usually problems and issues. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So when you're a new property manager in an established portfolio, betting it down, getting in um, and getting that portfolio under control. So Mel, why did you pick, you, you picked this topic. Uh, I'm happy to run with it because I feel it's a, a hot enough topic. Why did you pick it? Um, look, I think at the time we were chatting about it, Darren, uh, we were going through some staff changeover and I was getting everything ready for that new staff member to start. And I think it's um, probably not considered a lot by property managers when they're changing businesses, how much the change is really going to be. Like it's not just a new office and a new team and a new you know, management to run under, which is generally why property managers change, I think. They need a new management to run under. But it's also new systems and procedures, new software potentially to learn, new owners, new properties, uh, new tenants and new issues to pick up that you have no a idea new, and you haven't dealt with before. And new work colleagues, a yeah. new culture and new uh, office structure to get your head around and all of those sort of politics that you've got to work out as well. So it is all new. And I, I do agree, you know, sometimes I see with property managers out there, they work in a portfolio two, three, four years or whatever, or two years or whatever, and they just get bored. Mm. Um, and they and they the only thing or to mix things up is to go find another portfolio or regretfully a lot of people do burn out and leave the industry We've, mm. we you, you and I know we see a lot of that going on unfortunately yeah um so you know one thing I just want to add is you and I know in property management there are two to three hundred things open at any time it could be a tap that needs to be fixed it could be a lease renewal that needs to be signed that the tenant's been dragging the chain over. There could be a, a, a landlord insurance claim that's still yet to be done because the tax invoices aren't back yet from the, the tradespeople. Um, all of those sort of things. There's two to 300 things open at any time. And I remember when I left a portfolio and moved on a number of years ago, um, I did the right thing and made sure that all of those two to 300 issues were written out in all authority. But I know that that's, that that's a rarity because yeah. the incoming property manager is likely to have, look, here's your desk, here's your phone, good luck, you're on your own. So in that situation, Mel, you know, where in most cases where there is no instructions, what, what, how, what, what guidance can you give to that new property manager? Well, I suppose firstly, um, 
most property managers have been in the mindset of leaving a job and having, you know, the mindset that they are on their way out the door. And unfortunately, that mindset leaves the next property manager in, in a bit of a hole because you haven't done everything that you pro probably should have and would have either at the start of your employment or when everything was running well. If every property manager listening can make a pact to leave a portfolio well, this is going to save so much issues for property managers as a whole. But um, look, we know that that's not always going to happen. And that's, you know, for a range of things, it might be an incompetent property manager. It might be a property manager just with their mindset, not, not there um, because they are on their way out. Or it might just be because they're simply overrun with work and can't keep up to do all of the tasks. I suppose um, the biggest thing as a property manager going into a new portfolio is to really have an open mind that you're going to need to have resilience um, and determination to get issues sorted. And that's what we are as property managers. We can't be scared of conflict. We can't be scared of, of rolling our sleeves up and, and really investigating situations. Um, to have difficult conversations with owners um, is something that we should, and tenants, is something that we all unfortunately need to, I guess, be well-versed in and be ready to have. Um, but I can guarantee you, if you've got an issue going on with a tenant or an owner that you can sort and sort relatively quickly, you will get that owner or tenant on your side, in your corner, and having your trust so much quicker than if you just let the issues, you know, drag on or, or you don't, don't sort them out. Um, so I thought, you know, today would be good to discuss a few steps how a property manager could be proactive if the office that they're going into is not proactive in, you know, their induction, because not every office is going to be. Do you think also what we're going to discuss today, now I know we're not directly talking about this, but I think some similar rules apply that when an office is going to bought another portfolio as well. Um, you know, you've got a, here's a property manager and hey, you know, uh, welcome, here's an another 100 properties to bed down. Um, it's really the same sort of strategies, isn't it? We've got to put mm -hmm. in place to, mm -hmm. to, uh, to find, our job is to find the issues and find the issues fast. We've got to know what those issues are in order. Um, of priority because property management is really all about priority management. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, okay, so let's just say day one, property manager starts and we're assuming we've got a quality property manager on board. We press the go button. What's next? The first thing I would want to do is see a list of who my owners are and whether you've got that in a soft copy um, or your properties, just a list of your properties, whether that's in a soft copy or a hard copy, you can literally tick off every time you've spoken to an owner that will just help you really get, um, I guess, clarity around which owners you have spoken to and which owners you haven't. Because for me as a property manager, I want to get my owners on, in my corner behind me in every decision I'm suggesting to them um, to, to trust to go forward. And I feel like I can only do that by building relationships with them. If you come on board to a new company and don't speak to every owner relatively quickly, um, and again, it's going to depend on your workload and, and how much time your company can allocate this to, to you for with giving you assistance with your other workload. Um, you know, you might not speak to an owner for another 12 months, potentially, if there's no issues with that property, you know, the next time you do a rent review. So if you're, you're starting new and you haven't spoken to or communicated with an owner for over six months, then it's not going to help you build any trust if an issue does happen with that property in six to eight months' time. Whereas if you've been speaking to them or at least said hi and introduced yourself, you know, at the start of your employment, that's going to help any issues that come up in six or 12 months time to be sorted a lot 
easily, Erin, with that, that trust in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few things that you want to, I guess, identify in your portfolio first um, to be the owners that you would touch base with first. Um, firstly, I would suggest that you start with all of your vacant properties that are on the market or coming on the market. Start with your vacant ones and then start with the ones that are tenants are moving out. Make sure those outgoing inspections are popped into your diary. And also um, the properties that you've got tenants moving in. You want to chat with those owners so those owners know that you're all over it. You know that tenants moving in on this date. You know you've got your condition report booked into the diary. Um, and the owner, again, is going to feel much more... Um, I guess supported by you and knowing that you, you're the, the right one for this job to move this new tenant in or to find a new tenant or to move their tenant out. That change of tenancy, I feel, for an owner is quite an anxious time. I, I think also um, really in a lot of cases when a new property manager starts, it's that nasty surprise of um, an issue blowing up in their face and they weren't ready for it. Mm. Um, you know, I, I call them landmines. You know, I make this joke of, you know, you open up the filing cabinet and things are exploding all over the place and there's body parts flying and blood on the wall. And of course, that's just an analogy for uh, unexpected things blowing up. Um, you know, what can we do there, Mel, that we may not have the outgoing property manager doing the right thing and giving and letting us know what's about to go boom? Because, that's probably the, the reason why some people have left because they, they know there's things that are ticking like a time bomb and they want to leave before they explode on their watch. So mm -hmm. what are some of the things that um, we can be doing to minimising this shock um, that can happen that can really, um, you know, burn us up and, and, and make us, you know, resent the, you know, or, or just very, very rocky landing in this new portfolio? Mm. Um, if you've got the ability to email out to all of your tenants at one time to introduce yourself, um, let them know that, you know, you're now their port of call uh, going forward and, and here's my email address, here's my landline. Um, and do you have anything outstanding that you would like me to know about to get on top of right now? Um, that could certainly be a good way to find out anything, any current issues going on with the properties if the notes in the system aren't there for you. That way, if the tenant emails in with an issue, you can then touch base with an owner and there's another owner ticked off your list as being spoken to. If you're not sure... The owners and the tenants know that you're new. You know, if you're not sure of the how that, that business, is, you know, works that policy or procedure, you're not sure of the answer, it's most people are really going to understand. I don't know if you see my dogs running in the background. <laughs> most people are going to understand that you're new. So for you to say to them, look, as you know, I'm just new. Um, can I just do some further research into that and get back to you by X date? So just say this is a Monday. I'm going to get back to you by Wednesday, but make sure you get back to them by Wednesday or possibly sooner. Um, that, again, is going to build your trust when you make promises and you, and you stick to those promises. If you don't get back to them till the following Wednesday, then your trust is going to you know, drop right out the bottom right from, from day dot. So, yeah, really make sure that you, you go forward with those promises. Okay. I think, yeah, definitely finding out anything that's going on with tenants can potentially you know, stop some of those landmines coming up. Mm. But if new things do come up, landmines are going to come up, you know, um, whether you're been managing a portfolio for two or five years or whether you've been managing it for two or five minutes, landmines are just as likely to come up because that is property management, unfortunately. We can't predict what's going to happen. Um, you know, some a tenant might have a, a pot on a stove and it catches fire and then, you know, you've lost half the house. 
um, a hot water service might burst and you've got a tenant who has just had a brand new baby and, you know, emotions going off the Richter scale and needs to have hot water. There's all of these sorts of issues that we've got to deal with, but it's just how you deal with them, the promises that you make, the communication that you do. And communication is just the massive thing that most complaints arise out of is lack of communication. Um, is just going to be what sets you up, you know, in that portfolio as, as the trusted property manager. Mm -hmm. I'd like to add, you've mentioned in your dialogue the word trust and building trust. You talk about, you know, I see trust as like a meter and you've got to build that trust with the owner and maximum trust with the property owner means that your property owner is in a place of peace of mind. Peace mm -hmm. of mind is the state, the mental state um, uh, mental state of mind that you want your owners in and what peace of mind simply means is they're not thinking about you they know in their mind that the property is being well managed um, and so they don't have to think about it and so myself as a property owner I do actually scan my own thinking and and think independently why did I think that way why did I act that way why am I feeling this way so I can help express this better you know in property management to the people that we train and one of the interesting things is if I know the property manager that has the history of my property and all the issues that have happened and they put that tenant in, I help select that tenant with them. They're now leaving. I now move out of a place of peace of mind and into a state of stress or anxiety, you know, and, and whatever level depends on what's happened. Um, I'm feeling uneasy right now to know that my property manager is gone. Mm -hmm. My peace of mind has been upheaved. So in this case here, um, the property manager really needs to be getting pro business, oh, sorry, the property owners back to a place of peace of mind. Mm -hmm. um, and what's the fastest way, Mel, to, to do that? Hi everyone, Michael from Teams by Design. We've just recently launched our after-hour phone service. What that means for you is we can now answer your phone calls from 5 p.m. Monday through Friday and all day Saturday and Sunday. We can help you with inquiries such as property inquiry, leasing inquiry, maintenance support and new business inquiries. So please make sure you head to teamsbydesign.com, leave your information, we'll arrange a Zoom and catch up and show you how we can help you through this. I think the fastest way is to communicate to them. Again, the fastest is email because it just is a, you know, a multi-blast out to everyone to say who you are. Um, maybe even try and do a video of yourself. It could be, um, you know, 10 questions that you could answer. And the 10 questions could be around, you know, what's your experience? How long have you been in property management? Um, why do you love property management? But it could also be things like um, what you do on the weekend, a little bit about your family, because the more you can connect with them on a personal level, again, you know, that's helping to build up that trust. Um, we're not just robots doing, doing a job, you know, we're people too, and people want to hear about people. So, you know, add a little bit of personality into that video. If they can see you like that, um, you know, seeing faces rather than just always hiding behind emails, it's a big deal. But then again, getting on the phone, you know, if someone emails you back with an issue, get on the phone and have a chat with them about it. But again, don't just ask them, you know, with your landlords, don't just talk to them about the issue at hand. Ask them about themselves. Are they in, you know, like at the moment, I'm talking to owners, you in Melbourne at the moment, how are you dealing with lockdown, kids homeschooling, um, how are you handling it all? And the conversations that have come out of that have been amazing. Um, we had a landlord recently that unfortunately had a stroke and her husband rang me in the morning to let me know. You know, and, and 
And those sort of, I guess, connections that you make, relationships that you build, just makes landlords be so much more stickier to, to you and, and to the management and to the company. Um, so they're not going to go just because you make one mistake. You know, if you've got that trust and that relationship built and you made a mistake, they're going to be forgiving. But if you don't have it, they're going to start researching other agents to go to. So you mentioned the word sticky. And I think that's a really good word because right now when you first started, they are unsticky. Mm. And, and we've got to make them sticky again, which is, again, taking them back to that place of peace of mind where they, they just know and trust that you're looking after things. Because I know as a fee maximization expert, if I've got an owner in a place of peace of mind, I know I can place a letter in front of them that says, due to business running expenses going up, also for the fact that the cost of legislative compliance has gone up, and also the fact that we haven't revised our fees for five years, we've had to make some changes and here's what they are. Mm. When they're really, really sticky, um, I know they're going to, in most cases, they're going to pay that um, and agree to that fee increase. So that's the place mm. where we need, we, 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 uh, we, you know, we need to get them. Um, okay, so Mel, we're going through this list that you've given me here. Um, and you've also, so we've talked about um, the, probably the top priority is vacant property property that's pending vacant, property that is vacant, because property owners are stressed about that at the moment. They're certainly stressed about having to pay us, you know, the second mortgage. They want to know what's going on. And I guess this is a word of warning to everyone out there. Communication is absolute key. Um, this is obviously what Mel is, is really talking about. Everything is all about communication. If you are not communicating with owners regularly, at least twice a week, on vacant property, they will automatically think you're doing nothing and you're at risk mm. of losing the property. So to stop that, we've got to have that communication. But on this list also, you've, the next port of call, Mel, you put down uh, late rent. And for our American viewers and listeners at the moment, um, you, got, you call it rental delinquencies. We call it rental arrears. Um, so Mel, with rental arrears, um, what, 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 what does a property manager need to do next? I think um, print off your arrears report. Have a look at what tenants are the worst ones in arrears. You know, you might have someone who's two days in arrears, so you might have someone who's 15 days in arrears. Um, to look in and investigate why they're 15 days in arrears. Is a payment plan being put in place? Are there notes around how much the owner has been, um, I guess, communicated to, as we spoke about uh, just now, that being so important? We need to touch base with the owner, even if they've had regular communications, so they know you're on top of it. Um, you know, to pick up the phone and say, um, hey, Darren, just giving you a call. I noticed your tenant's 15 days in arrears. I see you've been updated in the process and we've set a tribunal hearing in place. Or, you know, the tenant has promised they're gonna pay by the 17th of the month. I just wanted to let you know, I've got a reminder set for me to make sure that happens. And if it doesn't, I'll be back in touch with you to let you know what the next plan of attack is. Um, or even if a tenant is just three days in arrears, call the tenant first to find out why. Do your research that side, see when they're going to pay, and then you can call the owner and say, look, your tenant's currently three days in arrears, but I've just spoken to them and they're going to transfer the money today. You know, just then that owner knows you're all over it. You're going to be all over it. An owner doesn't want to get late rent. They know what day of the month, every month, they can expect their rent into their account. Um, in our business, we, I mentioned we have our um, rents all due on the first of the month. The owners know that they're going to get their rent by the seventh of the month without doubt. 
you know, that's depending on weekends with your bank clearance and so forth. But if we know the rent's not going to get into an owner's account by the 7th, we're telling the owner why. You know, we'll ring them and say they're rent dishonoured or they haven't paid their rent yet. We can't get it to you by the 7th. But they won't hear from us if we can get it by the 7th because that's already the expectation that we've set with them. So, Mel, I'm just going to put you on the spot here. All right. So uh, uh, you, you'll be fine with this one. So okay. see, we can, we can always edit it out. Yeah, all right. So you call the tenant, tenants, four days in arrears, four days late in rent. The prop, new property manager calls the tenant. The tenant says, well, the last property manager never called me on this. Or this is the first time I've, you know, uh, the, the, there's never been a problem with the last property manager. Why, why is it a problem with you? So what, what's a good way to respond? Now we've got a new captain on the ship. Yeah, look, and, and I think you just say that, look, I, I'm sorry that you've experienced that, that sort of a property manager before, but, but my training and my professionalism is to make sure that you um, carry forward with what your agreement is. Um, can you confirm to me that your rent is due on the first of every month? Yes, I can confirm that. Okay, well, that's going to be the expectation is that you are paying your rent on time. That is due on the first of every month. If you don't, you will be hearing from me. And that is going to unfortunately affect your rent record moving forward. So when you do want to move out and you do want to rely on me for a reference, I'm unfortunately at this stage going to have to say that you're paying your rent every, you know, every month, four to seven days late. A new property manager isn't going to look kindly on that for your next home. I want to help you get that record better so you don't have those issues when you move out. Yeah, oh, that's good. All right, I'm going to give you another one. So yeah, this is typically what happens in these changeover situations. <laughs> All right. So prop, new property manager is on the phone to the owner and the owner says, not another effing property manager. <laughs> so the, obviously the turnover has been high. Um, yeah. you know, so the property manager may actually be coming into a bad situation. There's been a lot of turnover. You know, owners have had three or four property managers in the last 12 months, 18 months, now, what can you suggest in that situation? We've got an issue yeah. of trust here that we've got to build back. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's going to depend on your systems. If you can talk to the owner about some key things around their property, so they know that you know their property. You know, I can see that you've got a tenant in here. Um, you know, they're on a lease until next March. We will be touching base with you around January to start negotiating that with you and letting you know where the market's at to see if we can get a rent increase. Um, we will be doing a routine inspection at that point. I can see your insurance is all up to date. You've got your annual smoke detector, you know, your smoke alarm check in place. So fantastic. Everything looks to be clicking along okay here. I understand there's been a few changes of property management, but what I'd really love to know from you is what's not been working other than that. Is there anything that's fallen down I can fix for you right now? Is there any concerns that you have that I can, you know, alleviate right now for you? And they'll, you know, if everything has been ticking along fine, but it has just been a change of, of property manager or a name, they'll, they'll think about it and go, well, no, actually everything's okay, um, but it's just the change of property managers. Look, I know it's a stressful job. Um, unfortunately, we can never know if someone's going to stay or not. My commitment is that I, you know, I'm obviously new. I really want to make this work and I want to work together really well with you. Um, so please do not hesitate to contact me at any time if there's anything I can help you with in the future. Cool. Oh, well done. You handled that very well. Don't, you but <laughs> but they might say, actually, there's this roof leak that I've had and they still haven't put the application in for the insurance payment. Hmm. Right. No worries. Let me get some more information on that. Get some information from the owner. 
look at the file of what's going on and get that insurance claim in and impress them. In a week's time, the insurance is claimed in. You ring them and say, I've just submitted that insurance claim. So now we're waiting on your $1,000 to be refunded. I'll keep following that up for you until we get it back. Mm-hmm. Then you've turned that owner around from thinking this is really crappy. Um, I've got a new property manager. They don't know what's going on to having them trust you really quickly because you've solved their, their concerns. Mm-hmm. Well done. That's good. Okay. So we've already talked about calling owners with vacant properties or pending vacant. They're some of our bigger fires that are burning or mm-hmm. potentially could cause damage. Got to get on top of that, number one priority. Next one is calling owners with tenants late in rent. Getting on top of that, that's a big fire that could potentially get out of hand if we don't get on top of that one quickly. The next one on the list here is calling multi-property owners. Why is that one important at this stage, though we may not have any problems with those properties? Why are they third on your list? If they have any worries that they haven't voiced to you, they're big owners, big clients to lose. So start with your clients that own the most properties. Have a look at what your rent list is. Um, See that this client owns 50 uh, of the properties on my rent roll. That for me is potentially could be a half or a third of what you're currently managing. You know, if you're managing 150 properties and one owner owns 50, that owner walks, you've lost a third of what you're managing. Um, And that then puts your job in jeopardy as well, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to get those owners on your side. You want to actually go and meet with those owners that have multiple properties. Um, Have a coffee with them. Work out all of the properties and their needs and and how they want to be communicated to and do what they're, you know, they want. You might have an owner. uh, We've got an owner that really loves to manage his own repairs. He's got uh, a guy that lives on site that he pay, that pays cheaper rent and, and he sort of looks after all the repairs. And some property managers have struggled with that in the past because they've lost control, right? So property managers love control. That's why we're good at what we do. But sometimes we need to just sit back and go, well, if the owner doesn't want that done, I don't need to worry about it because the owner doesn't want to do that. You know, um, if the owner doesn't want to have the smoke detector company check the smoke alarm every year, If it's not a legal requirement, then don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. It's not your concern. As long as you've done your due diligence in letting them know that it should be done. Keep a reminder every year to let them know that it should be done. Um, Then that's all you can do. It's not your concern if they don't want to get someone out to do it professionally. Mm. Um, And I think that's where, you know, a lot of properties managers get caught up a little bit too in that emotional side of it um, and not being able to control it. It's the owner's property. It's their decision at the end of the day. We're here as a conduit to give them the advice so they can make that decision on on how to go forward. If they don't take your advice and the decision, you know, goes sideways, the next time they're going to take your advice, you know. So that's another way that you can can build a bit of trust as well. Okay. So we've talked about properties becoming vacant, tenants moving out, uh, properties vacant, talking about owners with late rent, multiple property owners. Now, I guess with maintenance, um, you've, you've mentioned about emailing out tenants, um, trying to work out um, you know, what is outstanding. But of course, we've got the maintenance system in our computer system, or if we're using another maintenance system, hopefully that's up to date. Um, but we've got to be you know, looking out for potential uh, landmines that could go off that way. Another thing you've got on your list here is really, um, is all the miscellaneous stuff, really going through requests mm-hmm. and tasks in the system. Um, tell us about that one. I guess, again, it's going to depend on the agency and the systems that they've got in place. Um, for us, we run by request. So if a tenant um, requests a pet, it goes straight into the system for us to follow that up. Um, and there's a task, you know, checklist involved of talking to the owner, letting them know why or how they can reject a pet. 
um, getting the pet application from the tenant, getting that um, the pet agreement drawn up, and at the end, sending that pet agreement off to the owner to let them know that it's all done. That um, request will stay open until every task is done. Um, so if a new property manager started with us, they would have their request for the day that they've got to follow up on. It might be a lease expiry coming up and the negotiations you've got to do around that. It might be maintenance that's overdue um, or due. The tradesperson has done it, but we haven't received the invoice yet. And so it might be following up some invoices. Um, those sort of things are then going to be just your natural running of a property management um, you know, portfolio that have you calling owners. But again, try and call them. Don't just hide behind emails. Like the first thing you do is call. You can get issues just sorted so much quicker by a phone call. Um, and again, that's going to help you build that relationship and tick another property off the list that you, you've spoken to an owner. Um, so, you know, talking to the owners doesn't have to be just calling owners for no reason. It can be calling them to sort through issues as well, but then adding in that personal touch, you know, talking about, you know, your experience and how you're going to help them as a property manager feel safe and secure that their property is going to be managed well under your care. Mm -hmm. I, I think uh, a part of this like to add in, I remember a number of years ago, um, and actually it was year 2000, I started in a portfolio where it wasn't in the best shape at all. Um, it, it, it was um, uh, the portfolio had been um, vacant from an effective property manager for four or five months. So, of course, if you've got an effective property manager taking their hands off, um, things can go to crap really quick. But it was sort of being managed by the real estate salesperson in the office who hated property management. That was, that was the only thing stopping it all completely collapsing um, was a person that had no idea about property management, didn't like it. It was a, an annoyance to them because they want to get back to their selling. What would it actually happen? There was two directors. One was a property manager. One was the salesperson. They were both running the agency. Now the property manager, unfortunately was terminal with cancer. Um, and so she was now off. She wasn't coming back. Um, the portfolio actually got sold. That's when I was brought in. Um, and so the salesperson more or less threw the property management business at me saying, you know, here, have it. He was a real baby about it um, and, and dropped it into my lap. Um, and uh, so there was a lot of things that I had to get on top of quickly and there were bushfires burning. There were issues to take. And what I found, there was things that weren't ideal, but I had to stick on the back burner until I get to them. So we're talking leases that hadn't been signed, lease renewals that hadn't been signed and tenants now falling onto non-fixed term agreements all over the place. Now I know in Victoria, Mel, it's normal for a tenant to go from a fixed term to a non-fixed, but I'm used to working in portfolios where, um, you know, if I want the tenant to go back onto a fixed term, then you go back onto a fixed term, otherwise you're leaving. I know you yeah, don't you know. have that, that luxury in Victoria with your legislation. So I've got all these tenants falling from a fixed term lease to a non-fixed term lease, and there's nothing I can do about it at the moment because I've got bigger fires to, to deal with. Mm. Um, and so I've had to simply put things into a list of what's the greatest evils and what's the lesser of the evils. And yeah. just knowing that I've got smoke still going on spot fires, but I can't get to them yet. And I just mm. had to, within myself, get to a point, well, that's just the way it is. Whatever yeah. damage happens because 
The tenant should be on a fixed term lease, so I can't get to it. I'm just going to have to deal with it. And it took me about three months to where now, all right, lease renewals are now on my list. I've dealt with all yeah. the other bigger fires. They're out. You're yeah. next. And yeah. it was about two weeks of work where I was out there door knocking to seven or eight at night saying, here, Mr. Tenant, here's your new fixed term lease. Sign here. <laughs> yeah. And I knocked them all over. And I remember it annoyed the crap out of me that I couldn't attend to it. Yeah. I knew that it was, we were technically negligent, but I just thought, well, and, and I dealt with mm. it then and we didn't have any problems. Mm. So I think, I think that's, you know, what you're saying is choices, so don't we? we have, we, we are placed yeah. in this position of choice sometimes. What's the greater of the evils and what's the lesser of the evils, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that is, and that somewhat is, you know, back to that property manager and the control that I was talking about before is you've got to just release some of that um, because you're not going to be in a portfolio that is upside down. You're not going to be able to achieve it being up the right way overnight. Um, and, and as you said, a good three to six months before you can start going, oh, I've got this. I know, I know my clients, I know my properties and I know the tenants pretty much well enough to know which ones are going to be a little bit more difficult and which ones are going to be really easy. Because um, we've all got those, right? No matter, no matter what portfolio you're in, you've got difficult owners and fantastic owners. So um, it is being able to, you know, and an, an experienced property manager will be able to do this. If you don't have the experience, it's important to talk to your management team. Even if you have the experience, if you've got some pretty big fires and some medium fires to low fires, Perhaps categorise where it's all at and ask for a meeting with your management team. So you can then point out to them, right, this is where the portfolio is right now. This is what I'm going to work on right now and this is what I can't work on right now. But I understand that this, what I can't work on right now is still a liability. Then management can decide whether they're going to put someone on to help you. That might be the receptionist who's got some spare time. Um, for us in our business right, right now, the guys in advocacy are helping us out because they don't have much work on. So our routine inspections for the first time in 20 years of business have got behind um, because of COVID and us not being able to do it. We've put some new software in place where we're doing virtual inspections um, and doing videos where we can see through the tenant's camera to walk through, which is fabulous. Um, and we've got one of our directors catching up on all of those at the moment because the property managers are busy doing what they normally would be doing. Um, so, you know, to maybe employing someone overseas to help with those lease renewals. You know, someone overseas can easily jump on the phone and say, hey, your lease is coming out, what's the go, and, and help you organise those together. You're talking about virtual, virtual assistance. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, there's a number of things that management could put in place if they see it important. They might, though, also go, well, actually, lease renewals aren't that important, just important. Pop them on the back burner for now and work on those things that you've mentioned, because, yes, I agree that they're much more urgent. Or, no, I don't agree that they're urgent. Put those on the back burner. But at least your management's been involved with the decisions uh, and know where everything's up to. So if, if something happens where it does explode... Management's not unaware that that was a possibility and it's not your fault because you're doing everything you can to make it not happen. But again, down to that communication, if you don't communicate it with them and it happens, um, you know, then it does look like it potentially could have been your fault. Mm -hmm. No, that's good. Some, some good discussion there. Um, and I think we'll, we'll wrap things up. I think we've covered things pretty well, Mel. But actually, one more, one more question, tradespeople. Um, and for American listeners and viewers, we call them vendors. But uh, with, with tradies and stuff, what, what should that property manager be doing first up? 
Yeah, I think talking to the tradies as well. Like tradies for us are a fantastic source of business, but you want your tradies to, I guess, also be trusting you, right? So if you ring a tradie for an urgent repair, they're going to drop what they're doing and run out there for you. If you don't treat your tradies very nicely, they're not going to treat you very nicely either. Um, and they're not going to do necessarily, or they're not going to necessarily do the right thing on a job or, or get there quickly for you. I think just setting the expectations as well. Um, potentially, that should already be done from a company point of view. But if you're, um, you know, talking to a trade about a job that you're not quite understanding, you know, quiz their brains about it. Um, the more you can find out about each job, the more you can help troubleshoot something with a tenant in the future. But then again, the more you know, the more knowledgeable you're going to sound to your owner trying to explain to them what the issue is as well. Mm. So yeah, trade is definitely, um, I think just as the flow of property management goes, you will get to know them. Um, you'll get to know who the better ones are to use. Try and use the same tradie on a property if you can, because that tradie already knows that property and that owner's already used to seeing that tradie's invoice potentially. Um, rather than getting, you know, a handyman out one month for this and then a different handyman out for something else that might be an overlap of the same job that potentially should be going back to for free. Um, so just make sure you're, you know, you're aware of what jobs have been done in a property before you just send somebody out there to. Mm. Again, that, when you're talking right. to the owner, just talking about that sort of thing is going to make the owner think you're caring about their property and you're researching what's going on and, and the history that's there. Now, even if you've got a, a company that doesn't, have a lot of systems and procedures, um, you know, a lot of tasks set up. There's still going to be a lot of history in the system just naturally um, with jobs that have been done, invoices that have been paid, um, all of those sort of things that, that can help you build, you know, a bit of a profile in each property. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's, I think it's fair to say that, you know, the new property manager coming into an established portfolio, you're going to feel out of sorts and probably for the first month or so. Your job is to... Find out what are the what are the issues, what are the big issues, what are the little issues. Get it into an order of priority. Um, mm. Of course, that comes with experience to know that. Uh, and then just your your job is just priority management. You got to deal with the biggest, you know, um, ugliest issues first, and just get your list into order of priority. And so you have a your your job is to get a full complete list. And of course, up the ante with all that communication with owners and tenants, yeah. bedding it down. It's going to be probably six months before you start mm. feeling comfortable. I think that's and it, a, it, it's a hard slog. Like it's it's mentally draining going to a new job. So be prepared for that. Be prepared for that challenge that you were looking for. Really, you're changing jobs for a new challenge, and that's what it's going to be. So embrace it um, confidently and positively. To, to turn it around so you can go, great, look what I've done in this six-month period. But, but keep your management up to date, you know, depending on your own experience level to how much you need to get your management involved. For us, and I obviously can't speak for, for every, every team leader and management, we want to hear, hear from our team if they're struggling or if they don't know an answer to a question. It's not an admission of failure if you don't. You know, we'd rather help somebody, you know, before it turns into a mountain, you know, of, of an issue. To, to make sure it doesn't get that far. If mm. you're struggling with your task load because it's a new portfolio, you know, every issue you do is going to take that much more time to sort because you've got to research it first. It's not, I know this property, I know what's going on, bang, I can do it. That's not going to happen for six or 12 months. You've got to spend a lot more time doing that research mm. to get it all sorted. All right, Mel, let's wrap things up. Um, and um, what's the best way if people want to get in contact with you? What's the easiest way? Yeah, well, you can find me on Facebook, Melanie Dennis Property. I run um, pretty much post every day, although the last week or two I've probably lost 
a little bit of mojo on that, but we'll get back there. Um, so there's lots of stuff on there. But look, I'm open and happy to share anything, any system and procedure that I've got on our on our website, Domain and Co. There's heaps of fact sheets there for both landlords and tenants that anyone's welcome to, to download. And, um, you know, it's great to be asked if people can copy them, but I'm, I'm happy for, um, for, for people to get in touch with me and say, hey, what's your system and process around this? Everything that we've just spoke about now, I've got all written out. So, you know, I'm happy to forward all of this on to, to anyone if they want to, Get in contact with me either through messaging me on Facebook or, or shoot me an email. Yep, of course. So we're Melanie Dennis Property Facebook page on Facebook. Well done, Melanie. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. You know that uh, I have uh, utmost respect for you. You're a, a real general in the industry, very well experienced. Um, and I just want to say thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me, Darren. It's really sure. great what you're doing and um, sharing all this knowledge with everyone can never go astray. It's fantastic. Well done. Absolutely. Thank, thank you so much. No worries, thanks.